This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in to the Inside Carolina podcast. It's a very special podcast. We've got BDOT on. I'm your host, Ross Martin, and this is Tommy Ashley. Welcome in to the Inside Carolina Podcast brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. And of course, Blue Shock Vodka, the sponsor of IC Post Game Live. We have a special podcast. We got Tommy Ashley co-hosting with me and we got B-Dot. What's going on, B-Dot? What's up with you, my guy, Ross? What's up? What's up? Um, Life is good, baby. Life is grand. Life is worth living. That's right. Words we to have, live by right there. <laughs> Words to live by, Tommy. Words to live by, Dre. <laughs> Going to be a little loose podcast. So BDOT is um, hosting. We bring him on because he is hosting late night in HD, the first late night uh, kind of basketball kickoff under Hubert Davis. And he's a new host. And he might be new to a lot of people that kind of listen to Inside Carolina and, um, and pay attention to, to UNC basketball. So I thought this would be a great way to introduce him. Um, to some UNC fans. I'm sure a lot of UNC fans know who he is. So we'll just jump right in, BDOT. Uh, tell us about yourself and how you got involved with, with UNC basketball. And, and first of all, congratulations on, on the hosting gig. I, I know you've kind of wanted this for a while, and I, it was awesome to see that you got it. Absolutely, man. First of all, I want to thank y'all, man, Inside Carolina Podcast. Like, this is super, super dope. Ross, you know we are homies. We met via uh, social media, but then found out we have so many things in common. We're huge. You know, we support the Tar Heels heavily. We went to Grimsley High School, one of the best high schools in the country, right? So it's just dope to be on the platform. So I appreciate you, man. But I've been a Tar Heel fan since, like, sixth, seventh grade. Like, I was born in St. Louis, Missouri. And when I moved out here, my dad, um, he married my mom and moved us out here. And he was a huge Tar Heel fan. And um, so I adopted the Tar Heel doctrine and love from him. And then he was also a 49ers fan and he was also a Lakers fan. And when him and my mom got a divorce, um, I said, well, I don't want to be a Lakers fan. I don't want to, I'm root for the home team. I'm gonna root for the Hornets. And I don't want to be a 49ers fan. And at that time, St. Louis had brought the Rams back. So I became a Rams fan. And when it came to college basketball, I stayed right there with the Carolina Blue because it was just so amazing. I said, there's no way I'm going to leave the Carolina Blue. So I stayed with the Tar Heels. And then we won a national championship the next year. And then it was solidified. And I've just been like just a super, super fan um, ever since then. But like, that's just my personality though. Like Ross, like, did you get a senior superlative at Grimsley? I did. Yeah. What What did you get? Yeah. What did you I was, get? Uh, I was most spirited. Me too, Ross. <laughs> That's I got right. most school spirited. That is crazy. Yeah. I got most school spirited. Like, so like, that's always been me. Dude. Like, I'm always passionate. I'm always just involved. And I've been fortunate enough to be 
um, uh, to be able to hone those skills in a career of professional entertainment, whether it be radio or stand up or television and just being able to put all of that into one big bundle and be able to put that on display um, October 15th in the Dean Dome. I'm just super excited, bro. Yeah, so tell us a little about your career because you're you're on radio at 102. You've been on Comedy Central. Like, tell us about who you are for people who don't know who you are. I'm a product of an HBCU, man. I'm from the projects of Greensboro, North Carolina, um, a, a subpar um, in academia as it pertains to transcripts. I was a C student in high school, uh, got a 2.0 GPA in, in college, but my passion was just always people. Like I just always enjoy entertaining people. I was always the class clown. I was always the one getting in trouble for talking too much, like even at graduations and stuff. But like in kindergarten, I was I did the I was the valedictorian of our kindergarten class. Like I told the kids to be great and go forth and all this. So like I've always been comfortable in front of audiences. And it just when I got to Winston-Salem State, I was fortunate enough to just be able to get on stages and host events. And I became the PA announcer for the football team and the band and that transition into just more into the sports realm and in a more professional now environment. I'm still the PA announcer for Winston-Salem State, but I'm also um, the announcer for the Greensboro Swarm. I'm um, the unofficial mascot of Tar Heel basketball, which gives me the opportunity to host late nights, something that I've been wanting to do for years. And I'm telling you, man, like it's really people, it's really destiny, honestly, Ross, like in the idea that I've always been a Tar Heel fan. Like, so to be able to be a fan, and to do something that ties in with my professional mm -hmm. career to this magnitude is like the stars just align perfectly, man. I'm just super blessed and super excited. Man, that, that's a cool story, uh, your journey there. Let me let me get deep for a second and, okay. and ask you about you talked about not a great student, um, you know, didn't you know, see student or whatever. So many times these days, especially in cities like Greensboro, inner cities, wherever you want to go, kids, if they're not the best student or whatever they don't get the shot that they need right. talk about how you fought through that and got where you are i mean clearly you got the gift of verse <laughs> you can speak to people and all that and that helps but just give a shout out to maybe those those folks that aren't provided the opportunity what they need to do to take the opportunity and right. do like you've done no i understand what you're saying tommy and honestly um a lot of it is just one trial and error, just messing up and just being able to get back up. But from my background, like I was a felon at the age of 16, right? So from there, I always knew in my mind that I would never be able to like fill out an application and you hire me just off of that. I needed to be able to speak to someone. I've always been the type of person that if I can talk to the manager, I'm gonna get the job, bro. But I just got to get in the room. So a lot of times it's difficult to get through that paper trail, which is reason why I feel like I haven't been in this position swifter. You know what I mean? But like, because my paper trail hasn't been one that would be um, all the time welcoming. I had to learn a lot. I had to do a lot of messing up to be in the successful position that I am. You know what I'm saying? So like a lot of it is trial and error. But you say the gift of gab or the gift of talk, like those are skills that I had to own because, again, for my transcripts, I'm not an ignorant individual. But it's just certain things that I wanted to give my time to. And academia wasn't one that really um, rewarded me to the level of entertainment. You know, like getting kicked out of class or getting put in ISS was worth it. You know what I'm saying? Because I made my peers laugh. I, I had them entertain. Like getting an A on a test 
it would be great. Like my mom would have said, good job, but there was really no reward. Like after that, I didn't see, I didn't have a vision of what academia could do. I had a vision of what entertaining could do. So I was fortunate enough to be able to hone those skills and with the, with the right mentors, rest his soul, Logie Meacham, one of my professors at Winston-Salem State University, um, other people who helped me along the way, Marilyn Roseboro at Winston-Salem State and Tolly Carr. Like these are people who um, helped me in my academia side and just helped me nurture my talent and understand that, yes, you are talented, but if you don't understand how to get this side, you won't be successful. You know, so like being able to find mentors and, and that's why I'm so dedicated to that. Like I'm so I'm in the schools, I'm talking to high schoolers and middle schoolers and, you know, just trying to tell them, like, you don't have to be a rapper. You don't have to be a lawyer or a doctor. What's your trade? You can cut hair. Barbers will never go out of style. You know, I'm, I'm real big on trades. I'm real big on HBCUs. I'm real big on culture and, and, and just big energy. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm a success story for my neighborhood for sure. Yeah, I think I would have really noticed and kind of following your career. And actually, we met at the Duke media game. Um, yeah, that was the first we time we met. You're right. We and, then, and then we kind of connected through social media and we'd see, we'd see each other at UNC games and other places. But what I really noticed in your career, um, and I don't know, maybe because I just started following you, but you really you work really hard and you put forth. Uh, it's kind of hard to explain, but like. You'll, you'll do anything. You'll, you'll be on the radio with Josh Graham. You, you're, you're setting up the, the social things on Twitter before uh, basketball games. You'll do any avenue to kind of get more exposure. You know what you're good at. You're good at, at talking, entertaining, and getting people involved, included. And so you have, you're very good at marketing yourself on, um, on Instagram and Twitter. And so you kind of have this niche, and you've leaned into it. And I think the success, it has come, and it's going to continue to come. Because I think you, you know what you're good at. You utilize that. You focus it on that. And then you work really hard. Uh, I, I doubt you ever turn down any sort of request for anything. Um, you know, people in media, you, you're always available. So I think you've really grinded to get where you are. And, and I'm, um, I think it's pretty cool to kind of watch that. And um, a lot of people have said the same thing about you know, a lot of different media people, how you see them do little things and little things. They get bigger and bigger and bigger. And here you are. You got the radio show cooking. And then, uh, you know, not that. Late Night with Roy is some epic thing, but it's something you definitely wanted. It's a really cool accomplishment. So, oh, no, uh, late, night, late Night is epic, Ross. Late <laughs> Night is epic. And before I tell you how epic Late Night is, I want to give you your flowers because you're super dope at what you do. And and I'm serious. Like, people like you and Josh Graham and and and, and I could go on uh, David Glenn. Like, it's just tons of guys in that realm who I really respect, right? Because y'all are on a side that I envy. Like, a lot of times when we go into these locker rooms and stuff like I'm, I'm high-fiving with the guys. They know me because they know of my celebrity and that type of vibe. So I have a different relationship, but you all have an access that I've always been envious, not to a, to a, to a, to a negative degree, but just, gosh, man, that's gotta be a cool thing. Like yeah. to just be able to ask questions and because I know that you're a fan of the sport. So to be a fan of the sport and then to go and be able to ask those questions that you really genuinely want to know, like, I know you got drug in the mud, um, or through the social media streets just a second ago for a question that you asked recently. But I thought it was a super dope question. Like, it was a question that's off the cuff. Like, it's, it's like if we're regular conversation on the couch talking, and I think that that's something that you bring that is fresh to the sport. You know what I'm saying? So it's fresh to journalism. And, I like, I've always been a fan, especially once we met, like, just following your stuff, like, I became a fan. And, like, even with Josh. Josh gave me the name, the unofficial mascot of Tar Heel basketball. And because like what you said, like with marketing and stuff, when he said that to me, something clicked. Like, 
I know we're in a hashtag era. So hashtag had the unofficial mascot of Tar Heel basketball and just running with that. Like, and just, I don't know, like I want to break down the barrier or the stigma within journalism. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a, there's a weird, like sometimes when I'm in the room with, with journalists, I feel a little awkward because they view me at, like they don't know exactly how to come to me and I don't know exactly how to come to them, but we all have the, that's what I learned with you. That's what I learned with Josh. Like that, sports that's our that's our meeting place you know what i'm saying like yeah. and from there everything come, we might not have the same views all the time but our sports the sports is our foundation and that's where from there we can then you know just be friends and and, and build yeah i think you're kind of you're on the line of entertainment and sports and i think you're you're getting into to both and meshing the both i think i mean sports to me is entertainment that's why i try to take a little bit different route on social media and the way i try to report on things um i just i just try not to be boring and some of the things I do. And so, yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that. And I don't know if it's a good or bad thing that I'm in the same uh, voice as, as David Glenn, the same line as David Glenn and, and Josh Graham. Uh, but uh, I kid, I, I like both those guys. Uh, Tom, you got something? Yeah, let me ask. Uh, it's interesting you talk about that. I mean, as sports as the platform or the, the tie that binds all of us together from everywhere, you get all sorts of different type of people. Let me ask you the question that, as, as I hear is how did you get hooked up with Hubert and how did you get to be break us down how the host gig on late night came about well I've been on record wanting this gig forever like big shouts to Stuart Scott like Stuart Scott was just a legend in my life in my in my mind he was somebody who I wanted to really meet and pick his brain being from the 336 him being from Winston-Salem um, and just that sauce, that swag, that that unapologetically black that he brought to journalism. Like I was always just a super fan of that. And seeing him host late night um, was just epic. You know, what I'm saying just the energy he brought, the way he could merge two worlds like he was a master in emerging current students and alumni that went to school in the 60s and the 50s. Like he could merge it together because he had that personality. And I feel I'm blessed with that. And I feel like that that's something that I'll be able to do on October 15th. But I put up a post like in 2013, they didn't even have a host in 2013. And I just said on my, on Twitter, like they didn't even have a host and I was willing to host for free. Like, what do I have to do to host late night? You know? <laughs> and, um, you know, just over the years, you know, I've been through things and, 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 and now is literally the perfect time for me to host with the new movement with coach Davis um, just a new energy he's bringing, a new angle on college, on, on UNC basketball um, as a whole. Um, I think this is the perfect time. And Theo Pinson actually hit me up. And I was asleep one day, and I woke up to some missed FaceTimes and a text message from Theo. He was like, call me ASAP. And I know Theo, that's that's a little bro. Like, he's from the area. He's from Greensboro. So, like, I've known him forever. And so he's like, when I finally called him back, he's like, um, what are you doing? Like, what's going I was like, what did I miss? He was like, I think I just got you late night. And I said, Theo, stop playing. Like, don't play with me. Like, you know, I will lose my mind. Are you serious? He was like, hold on. And he FaceTimes in Eric Hoots. And for those that don't know, Eric Hoots is in charge of basketball operations for Carolina basketball. And he's on FaceTime. So he's like, what are you doing, man? Just making all this pointless side talk banter. I'm like, like, so like, what color is the sky where you at? I'm like, Hoots, why are we on the phone? Talk to me. What is going on? He's like, what are you doing October 15th? I was like, you tell me. What am I doing October 15th? 
And he said, um, well, we're doing, we're bringing late night back. We're going to switch it up a little bit. We're not going to do the skits and the dancing. Um, we're going to do more of the basketball, the focus on that. Um, and if you're available, we would like for you to host it. And at that point, I, I ran out the front door screaming. I was at my friend's house and his neighbors were looking at me all crazy. I thought they were going to call the police because it's a very nice neighborhood. I had no shirt on. I was in my boxers and I'm just in the front of the yard just screaming, yes, yes, yes. It was like, I'm telling y'all, man, like I told somebody recently, when I think of my career professionally, this is like on the Mount Rushmore and it's probably number three. Um, when I first got on 102 Jams, again, being from where I'm from and the background that I had, like being able to be on a, on, a, on a radio program that's in my hometown. I grew up listening to 102 Jams. So be on the morning show there. That was a huge accomplishment. Um, growing up, I always wanted to be on television. So being on Wild and Out and getting on MTV and on Hood Adjacent on Comedy Central and things of that nature, um, that was two. But this right here is definitely number three. Just my fandom. And just the way I sort of have, have willed it to happen and building platforms like the Hills House that was so helpful in mm. generating a nice buzz and, and, and conversation and just promoting me effortlessly. Like, and I never went to the Hills House saying, can y'all start a movement to get me? I, I never did that. I just always knew that it would happen on God's time. And for them to just support me and know that I am the perfect person for this job on October 15th. And to trust me with that, it meant the world to me, man. Like, and, and to be someone that's not from Carolina, like I never attended the university. I never played sports at the university. I'm just a fan. And to be accepted by those that have played and given blood, sweat, and tears to the to, to different football, soccer, baseball, basketball programs, and, and fans alike and alumni alike to just embrace me, like, it just fills my heart with a, with a happiness that I really can't even verbalize. All I can do is show it on October 15th at 730 in the Ding Dong. That is cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. We're going to get into a lot more on late night. I have a couple more questions kind of about the whole process and what it's going to be like. But first, got to do a couple ad reads. I want to talk to you about Blue Shark Vodka. I got our, a question. I got yeah. a question. I got yeah. a question. Because this Blue Shark you speak of, you were talking to me about this Blue Shark earlier. And I hear this Blue Shark. Because I am all thing North Carolina. And I hear that this blue shark is made in Wilmington. And I hear that it's very, very smooth. And I hear it's one of the smoothest vodkas around, Ross. Can there you, you go. confirm or deny that the blue shark vodka is very smooth, my brother? It's the smoothest vodka in the world. Thank you very much, B-Dot. From Wilmington, North Carolina. From Wrightsville. It's made with sweet North Carolina corn. And our buddy Connor Barth, the famous UNC kicker, has partnered with them and partnered with us. Uh, to sponsor IC Podcast. Look at that. Tommy's got some right there. Same bottle as I have. Mm, comes in a half shot. gallon and comes in a fifth. We got to get some. Dang, we'll get you some. We'll get you some. Um, Connor Barr's partner with Inside Carolina and Blue Shark Vodka to sponsor Inside Carolina Post Game Live, which comes on air after every UNC football game. Me and Sean Drone go live five minutes after every game, and they sponsor our podcast, Smoothest Vodka in the World. Goes well with a little fruit juice. A little soda water, a little seltzer, a little lime juice. Very easy. You can add a little ginger beer, a little lime juice to make a, a Carolina mule. So it's very versatile, very easy, and it's available in all 100 counties in North Carolina. So you can get it in every town, every county in North Carolina. It's local. It's not some corporate vodka. It's the smoothest vodka in the world, Blue Shark Vodka out of Wilmington and Wrightsville Beach, North Carolina. And, of course, Johnny T-Shirt and GiantT-Shirt.com right on Franklin Street. 
right uh, online at giantteacher.com. There are podcast sponsors for years now. Uh, if you're getting sweatsh- sweatshirt weather now, Tommy, sweatshirt weather, hats, toboggans, T-shirts, jerseys, come to late night, get there early on Friday, go to Franklin Street, get your T-shirts, get your sweatshirts, get all your UNC apparel from Johnny T-shirt and johnnytshirt.com. And if you're an inside Carolina subscriber, get the 10% off discount code on the premium message boards and get your order there. Uh, johnnytshirt.com and Blue Shark Vodka. Check both of them out. They support us. We're a local independent website, and these are local independent alumni-owned um, companies. All right, we're going to have some national ads. We'll come back with more with BDOT on uh, late night in HD. And then we're going to talk Carolina basketball, just some fans and some media personnel talking about UNC basketball. BDOT and I were both at the open practice today on, on Wednesday, and so we'll, we'll chop it up on uh, just some heels basketball talk. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back on the Inside Carolina Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Martin, joined by Tommy Ashley, and we got B Dot. B Dot. What can you tell yes. us about what can you tell us about late night? So you said it's me a little bit different. You said it's not me as much skits and dancing, more basketball focused. We're about two weeks away. We're recording this Wednesday. We're going to re- re- release this probably next week. Um, so about two weeks from late night. What can you tell us about? It? Absolutely nothing. You have to be there, bro. You have to be there. You, what do you think I'm going to spill the beans to just give you all this exclusive content just because you're inside? Come Carolina? on, man. That's Why what we you, do. You try to butter me up with blue shark vodka and think That's I'm right. going to give you all the gems? What inside Carolina. Um, I mean, all right. What? What? what is there anything? To, I mean, it's going to be different, right? I mean, Hubert Davis is different. You're different. Um, what, what can you, you know, tell us? I'm going to be honest with you, Ross. I can't tell you anything because I don't know anything, Ross. <laughs> Ross, Have I'm you... serious. I'm t- they haven't told me a thing yet. And I've been I've been on hoots like hoots. Yeah. We need to meet. I need to know what's going on. But honestly, um, talking to Coach Davis, all I do know, of course, it is late night in HD. It is with Coach Davis. Um, we are going to have um, a more of a focus on basketball. We are going to meet the, the, the women's basketball team, of course. Um, my son is very excited because he wants to meet Deja Kelly. He's a huge Deja Kelly fan, so he wants to see her. I want to see the Lady Tar Heels get busy as well. You understand? Like, I know they're going to do some scrimmaging. They're going to do some – it's sort of going to be like um, if you've ever witnessed – and I'm not talking to you, Ross, or you, Tommy. I know you're familiar, but to your listening audience. You've ever witnessed um, the NBA festivity All-Star Weekend where they got the little skills challenge okay. and the dunk contest. It's going to be that type of vibe. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be good energy. We're going, there are some songs and some music that I want to play and make sure we're all on the same page come basketball game. That's what I was telling the Hills House earlier today because after we left from the practice, um, we got on the Hills House and just let them know some of the things we saw at practice. And I was telling them, one of my biggest goals at late night is to get everybody there on the same page on how we're supposed to act during a game. Okay. There are certain songs that we should all be familiar with. 
everybody should know the song Sweet Caroline. We should all know how to come in. Raw, raw, raw. We should all know how to do that. We will practice that at late night. We should all know how to jump around on tip-off. We should all know how to jump around. These things. And then we should all know how to swag surf. These are things that we should all know how to do. And these are things that we will hopefully be able to do at late night. There you go. The swag surfer, that's a, is that new for UNC basketball? That's going to be super new. Like, okay. if I, and, and I want to I execute it so effectively that they're going to play it on ESPN. Like, we're going to have the entire Dean Dome swag surfing. I'm talking about 80-year-olds to 8-year-olds, <laughs> all locked arm in arm, swaying from side to side. Yeah, Fauci certified, masked up uh, swag surfing. <laughs> yeah, that part. <laughs> Locked arms. All right. Um, <laughs> that part. All right. So, yeah, I tweeted this out before we kind of get into um, some basketball talk here. I tweeted this out. And I think you're the perfect host because of the energy you said you're going to bring. You're an entertainer, and this is the entertainment event. I've been going to late night um, since I was in college. So, I've, I mean, I've been dozens of times. Um, and it's an entertainment event. It's not serious. It's not a structured game. It's not something that you go to learn a lot about basketball. It's a fun entertainment event. So I'm glad that you're hosting, Pumped you're hosting, you're an entertainer, you bring tons of energy, and, uh, and I'm really pumped just to see how it turns out and see how it goes, see how it evolves, and, and hopefully yeah. you can, you can kind of keep it going. Agree, man. Like, that's definitely the goal, man. I, I definitely feel like I bring an energy that um, could assist um, just in the energy and the overall flow of, of games. You know what I mean? Like, I've been the PA announcer for Winston-Salem mm -hmm. State University for over a decade, so I just understand – yeah, the, the, the that 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 component that the fans bring and when they should bring it and just I just want to put that on display on October 15th in the day. Though, man, we're gonna have a great, great time for sure. Tommy, I can't wait. I, I can't wait to see people <laughs> get out of their space and get <laughs> uncomfortable and and enjoy it and have fun at Carolina basketball again. Let me ask you both and I'll sort of go back with y'all since y'all both were at practice. Uh, the open practice. I'll start with you, be that. Uh, give me something that you saw in this open practice that maybe folks will not expect. Now, keep in mind, folks on Inside Carolina keep up with this stuff religiously, live and die with it. So give me something exclusive from you that maybe you saw. And then, Ross, I'll come with you with the same question when he's done. Two things. One, um, I would have expected to see Kerwin a lot more aggressive offensively. I think I may have seen Kerwin take two shots, one of which got him chewed out by coach and had coach take a break and make everybody go get water, which brings me to my second thing that I was not expecting to see. And I've never seen someone curse a team out without using one curse word mm -hmm. and still be extremely effective. Um, you know, they speak of Dean Smith and how coach Smith used to be able to do that. And he would never curse at his players and word on the street is coach Davis is taking that doctrine and the idea that he doesn't want to curse at his players under the same, um, you know, regime under Coach Davis, I mean, under Coach Dean Smith. So from that perspective, for him to be able to stop practice and to, in essence, literally curse the team out, like, what are you doing? How are you 19 years old and you're, and you're tired? Um, and, and to the point where he, he had a line that was so strong to me. Um, one of the players, I won't throw him under the bus, but one of the players complained about being tired. And um, Coach Davis said, well, I'm tired. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of not making it to the Final Four. I'm tired of not hanging up banners. And I think it's so awesome that he's instilling that type of discipline and that type of responsibility 
to these individual players as well as to the team as a whole. There was a time where he stopped practice and he told them, listen, when you refer to me and any other coach, you refer to us, yes, coach. Yes, sir. That's it. I don't need any back talking, all of that. You want to talk extra, meet me in the office, the court. That's not the time for that. And just putting that 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 responsibility and that ounce on them, like I think it's going to serve them well moving forward, but I definitely think it's going to serve this team well. Sadly, my last point, we have no chemistry. <laughs> Zero chemistry. We have a lot of talent, a lot of talent. I mean, I've never seen us this deep. We literally have two fives one through five is a one v one starting for starting for starting position like you got Kayla versus RJ you got Leakey versus Kerwin you got Armando versus Brady Manic. like you got Garcia versus uh I mean it's McCoy it's crazy we got so much talent but right now on the second day of practice they're gonna have to find the chemistry to make it all work together and if they can buy in defensively if they can buy in um with discipline we definitely have the talent to make a run for the final four I really believe that yeah, that'll, that'll be something to watch. Uh, this show come out next week, but that'll be something to watch all preseason, right, Ross? Yeah, I mean, what I noticed, it, it definitely Hubert was chewing out his team. I mean, we've never seen him coach before. You know, this is the first time we're seeing him in action. And, yeah, he'd stop practice and very serious. You know, the, the joking, likable, smiley Hubert Davis was gone. It was very stern, very serious. Um, who knows if, you know, he, he was putting on a little show for the media. Maybe kind of setting the standard uh, to kind of kind of show what he's bringing a little performance art there for Hubert Davis, but they did look they looked a little sloppy. I thought the team over they missed a lot of layups. I thought just like a normal drills, like just drills where you think you know high school kids make the layups. I mean, missed a lot of layups. No players stood out. I, I know that Beat mentioned Curran Walton not really standing out. I mean, I, I can't think of a really a big play by anybody other than that dunk that Justin McCoy had on a three-on-two, two-on-one drill, which was pretty nasty. And we got tape of that up on Inside Carolina. We have tons of content coming out here tonight. Um, but um, nothing really stood out to me in terms of one player that really flashed. Like, it wasn't like a Ty Lawson flashing or Tyler Hands were flashing or like a Harrison Barnes. So I think there's a, there's a lot of room for a, a couple leaders to step up. You really hope that, you know, Caleb Love can become that vocal leader and become the man because I think he has the talent. You just didn't see that today. And, again, this is one practice. This is the second practice of the official kind of fall practices. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot, like like BDOT said, there's a lot of kind of disorganization, a lack of chemistry, um, a little apathy from, from, this, from this practice. It wasn't very smooth. It wasn't clicking. Um, but, you know, on paper, they look great. I mean, you love the talent they have at all the positions. And, and I think Justin McCoy uh, looked the part as a really big, kind of three. I think he'll play a lot of three. He was one thing I did notice, and Greg mentioned this in his column. They had kind of the point guards on one side during a portion of practice. They had kind of the wings on one side and the big men on the other side. So instead of separating them in two groups, like Coach Williams did, Coach Davis had um, three different groups, and you had McCoy working with the likes of Leakey and, uh, and Kerwin Walton and a few others. You had Anthony Harris working with kind of more of the guards and the point guards, which is interesting too. So things like that. Um, we're definitely of note. Um, I want to say but, this too. Like I, I thought that I thought that Caleb was a bit vocal. He seemed a lot more confident. I won't say necessarily vocal, but he does seem a lot more confident, and I like that. I like Armando. Seems like he's more in control of his body, and he's a lot more aggressive. I saw him with some dunks and some and some drills. I really like the defensive tenacity of R.J. Davis. I didn't know he had that. I was really impressed with that. 
Didn't get to see Leaky a lot, but I was also happy with Puff. Just him being able to get out there and run. There was one time where Puff, um, I don't really know what happened, but he sort of went down for a second. But then even after that, he came right back and was right back in the scrimmage and, and running. So just him coming back from that injury and being able to still get back up and forth, uh, back and forth, up and down the court, um, Kiara Luck. I remember in Hills how she was real happy about that, brought that to my attention. So I, it, I'll give props for that, too. Yeah, and Puff looks good. He looks strong. He looks apart. He looks long. He's put on some weight. So that was encouraging. Tommy, what are you looking for on this team? When you look at that roster, you know, what what do you think needs to happen for this team to get where they need to be, where they're Elite Eight, Final Four caliber? Well, one thing, they can't be telling coach they're, pra- they're tired at first practice. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. That is uh, – yeah. I I'm interested in a couple things. One, to know how Hubert Davis coaches. And I'm, to your point, Ross, is this a is this the type of a, a little bit of a show or is that how he's going to be? And also to see how the assistant coaches get into the guys because I think this team needs somebody to get into them, but productively. You can't just blow kids out these days. But I'm looking for somebody on this team to be a dog. And I think Caleb's got that in him. And y'all mentioned Justin McCoy and he dunked on one of the freshmen. Was it Styles or – done or whoever done, i believe if he can make that that leap into that because i and i mentioned you off air ross i wasn't really impressed with him in high school i didn't think he was going to be a high D mccoy mccoy yeah and if he can make that jump he helps the team and also they got to hit shots and that's what i wanted to ask you guys about hitting shots i mean practice is one thing but ross you mentioned missing layups uh, they were awful close to the rim last year remember and that was yeah. a, a terrible thing so that's what i'm looking for physicality aggressiveness some leadership and also see what comes from the bench because i think that matters and i think to be honest with you roy williams is a great coach one of the greatest ever but i think that string was playing out you know yeah. and i don't know if that's fair or not but i think that string was playing out and with hubert and his staff that's some new blood over there um to sort of get these guys with a fresh set of eyes getting them on the same page. Be that you agree with that or you think I'm out off the way out somewhere? No, Tommy, I agree with you 100%, like especially with the leadership and the aggressive. I always say that. That's why I like a couple of years ago, um, you know, I was I, I had Bryce where I told him, like, you know, we will bet for every layup he did, he had to give me a push up. And for every dunk, I would have to give him a push up. No, I'm, I'm sorry. That was Garrison, not Bryce. That was Garrison, a bet that I had with Garrison Brooks. Because I hate when big men laid the ball up. It's so stupid. God has blessed you with this strength and bless you with these giraffe legs. And you want to sit here and do layups. I do layups. Me, at 6'2". You're 6'10". Dunk the ball every time. It, it, it's, and, and that, to me, is like things that can't be coached, right? Like, those are things you're either born with it or you're not. And I agree. Caleb Love is that dog. Like, he is, to me, he's Russell Westbrook. He's Russell Westbrook 2.0. Like, he's going to attack the basket. He's going to dunk. He's going to give you attitude. He's going to play defense. He's never going to lose to Duke. And his jump shot is going to be a little inconsistent. But the more that's what I saw from him in practice. He's gotten more confident. I don't know if his shot has gotten better, but I know his confidence has gotten better. So when he shoots the ball, he expects it to go in versus last year where he really it, it sort of looked like sometimes he didn't even know if it was going to go in. So, yeah. you know, I trust that, you know. And, like, Brady Manning, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to see him. Like he's a Garcia has a good shot. He has a he has a very long um, motion to get his shot off, but 
but that thing is wet. Like I'm interested to see who's going to start where, who's going to like yeah. coach Davis has a re some real tough decisions to make. Like do you bring RJ Davis off the bench. Do you start him alongside Caleb and push uh, a curve into the three? Do you start leaky? Roy coach Williams would have started leaky just because he's a senior. Does coach Davis do that? Like, I'm very interested, man, to see how this goes. But I am interested to see who that leader will be. That is something that's sort of – and I don't want to put too much on them early because it's a, it's a long season. And, again, this is just a second practice. But I was really hoping to see more from Leakey. I was really hoping to see more of a, just a, a strong voice from him in the idea of this is my last year. I know that I can be the glue. I can be the Jackie Manuel. I can be the Theo Pinson. I can be the glue guy that it's the extension of Coach Davis on the court – the athleticism to get everybody involved to make us because every time we've made that run, we've always had that glue guy. And we need that. We need that Marcus Ginyer. We need that 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 Jawad Williams. We need that. You know what I'm saying? Like so I and don't you know, get, man. Yeah, you yeah. Gotta I was, have, you gotta you gotta have a teammate that gets in your butt too. It can't always be the coach getting you, but and every good team Carolina's ever had, every good basketball team, period, has had that guy that would get in your ass. If you weren't doing what you're supposed to do. Joel, Joel Barry would get on his teammates. When he was a junior and senior, Joel Barry would get on his teammates. I mean, he, he wouldn't have put up with it from freshmen and sophomores. Yeah, they got to have that leader. They got to have that dog. I mean, you remember all the national championship teams, all the good teams, you know, have that that dog mentality, a player who, uh, you know, a little, a little off maybe, but but he won't. He'll do anything to win, and I think you need that leadership. I, I'm, not, I mean, I'm not sure Leakey has it in him to be that leader. Um, but Caleb, you know, someone like that. I mean, I think McCoy seems like a guy who's already kind of a vocal leader. Um, some people lead in different ways, which is important to note. Um, but a big right. cop also poised to, to be that as well. But I didn't see big anybody kind of stand up. What? My boy, big big cop, man. I'm yeah, I mean, have a great I, year, dog. A, a lot of guys are poised for big years. I think for this team to be successful, Caleb Love has to have a special season because you, it's it's not it's going to go as he goes because you know. He's the one who's be feeding all the, all the big men for shots. He's gonna be feeding all these three point shooters, and, and he's gonna have to to be a threat to score and, and be a smart passer, not turn the ball over as well. A couple other things I noticed, um, you know, the days of a big lumbering six eleven seven footer who's two fifty plus, those days are over with UNT basketball. Biggest guy on the court was Dawson Garcia and Armando Bacot, and they both were lean, athletic, long. Um, I mean, the days of a big, big – Joel James, Sterling Manley, uh, Brandon Huffman, um, yeah. those – Brendan Haywood, those days are gone with UNC yeah. basketball. So, uh, it was good to see those athletic long bodies out there, just the way that the game is going. And I don't know if you noticed this, uh, B-Dot, but basketball shorts have changed dramatically in the last – I mean, we've, we've been seeing this <laughs> the last couple of years, but, man, being on the court there, I've always been a short shorts guy. I'm well-known. I've always been a short shorts guy, personally. But, man, there's no baggy shorts anymore in basketball. Oh, my son, man, he plays ball, man, on the high school level. And I'm talking about he already wears a small, and then he rolls the, the, yeah. the top of them down. I'm like, dude, your bejibbers is going to fall out on the side. What are you doing? <laughs> I mean, isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Like, when we were growing up, um, you know, in the 2000s, when I was growing up, I mean, baggy shorts, baggy outfits were – the thing like down way below your knees and now it's like they're showing eight inches of thigh yeah like fab five changed that man like the, the, oh. the michigan boys they brought that swag dog i'm telling yeah. you they brought that, that melanin and, to the game and then back in shorts and haircuts it was off the chains and now it's john now it's back to john stockton in the 19 uh 1970s and 80s <laughs> well wait a minute that was the time i was when i was growing up man That's let right. me say one thing about leaky 
I, I, when we talked about uh, Sherelle McMillan and I talked about uh, Kennedy Meeks, we talked about Bryce Johnson, we talked about guys like that. And when they were juniors, you figured they are what they are, right? They're going to be what they are. And then those guys tore up their senior year. Like Bryce went nuts his senior year. So did Kennedy. That's what I hope to see from Leakey. I agree that I'm not sure he's that guy. But if he can make some sort of jump into being a leader, you know, he doesn't have to start, but he's got to be effective. And he can't just float around out there. I think that'll be a key for this team. Otherwise, with Hubert Davis, I'm not sure how much he's going to play. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm saying I'm not sure how much Leaky plays. Like it's offensively, I think if he can't shoot, I think that's a priority for for Coach Davis. Everything we've read, everything we've heard leading up to the season is all about shooting. If you can't shoot, you're kind of a liability out there for what that scheme is with spreading the floor. So I'm not sure how much Leaky's in play. Could be a great 15 minute a, a, a game guy, but 20 plus, I'm not sure I see that. Especially if Justin McCoy can knock down shots. I agree. We were talking about that in the Hills house too. Like which players do you think will get the least amount of minutes as it pertains to what you think they should get? And Leaky's name came up. Also, Aunt Harris's name came up. Um, like, yeah. you know, those are guys that probably are going to get the most minimal of minutes if they can't fit into that system the way Co- Coach Davis is wanting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. This. Like you said, it's pretty deep. We didn't even talk about Anthony Harris. I mean, he's a guy who's, who's shown flashes, but it's a good chance that he'll be back on the depth chart now. All right, B-Dot, we appreciate it, man. Is there anything else, Tommy? You good? I'm good, man. I look forward. See, for the longest time, it was like late night, whatever. Uh, it is what it is. But with you there, it's going to be must-see TV. Must-see be yeah. there TV. Hey, so. I, I like the, They call it must-see TV. I like to call it B-Dot TV. You understand? Yeah. Same thing. They're synonyms. You understand? <laughs> there you go. Any, anything else you want to say, B-Dot, to uh, Inside Carolina loyal listeners? Hey, listen, I just want to say again, man, Ross, Tommy, I appreciate you all for allowing me to come and grace your platform, man. Um, I am looking for my blue shark vodka. I'm not full. <laughs> listen, sharks are my favorite animal. Like, I got a blue shark right here. Like, I got there like go. three sharks on my body. So, I need a bottle in my house. Amen. <laughs> okay. No, for real, man. Thank y'all, man. I hope everybody comes out October 15th um, to the Dean Dome. We're going to have a great time, man. 7.30. Get there early. 22,000 seats. We need them all filled up so we can welcome this new regime of Carolina basketball, man. All right, guys. That was awesome. Appreciate y'all and appreciate you listening. The Inside Carolina Podcast brought to you by Johnny T-Shirt and Blue Shark Vodka. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.